Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, just kidding, don't let your kids listen to this shit show. Welcome to the Degenerates Corner. This is our little corner of the internet where we drink, we smoke, we cuss, and we gamble. Most importantly, we gamble. And uh, boys and girls, I am Garrett from Iowa. I'm joined here by XFL GM as always. And I can like feel the football itch in my veins like i almost put we did i went a different direction with it but i almost put over under player props for the nfl season in our gambling discussion for this week so before before (laughs) we get into anything else can i like before ads or anything else can i just say you know i i think i talked about it last time on the show that i was going to bet every single under in the nfl preseason week one how that did for you I part. They went the. Uh, I th- I forget how many games, but there were only three overs the entire weekend. Nice. But Saturday, I parlayed all of the games under twenty five bucks. Would have netted me thirteen grand, and only the Denver Broncos went over. Man, that's that's a kick, man. So There's fuck a- you, Denver. Do you know why they went over? Because why? they kept their ones in. Well, to be fair, Fuck they don't the know who their quarterback forever. is. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, if I would have seriously like been looking at doing that, like, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad strategy because obviously it worked out for you okay, but I made some money. Yeah, but I probably would have stayed away from Denver if I would have dug into it because as soon as you said that, I'm like, well, they don't know who their quarterback is, so. Yeah, they're gonna play their ones. They're trying to figure out what the hell they're gonna do for the season. So that that yeah, it Disgusting. sucks for you. You have my sympathies, Disgusting. thoughts, and prayers, man. All right, before we get too much farther into it and completely lose track of where we at, we're at real quick here. As always, we are presented by the Unwrapped Sports Network. You can follow them on Twitter at Unwrapped Sports and on the interwebs at www.unwrappedsports.com. And also head over and check out the Patreon. We got lots of good stuff going over there. Dollar a month. We love you. Shows that you love us. We appreciate it. $5 a month. Get you in the Discord. $10 a month. Get you into the Discord. And also get you entered into a monthly drawing for a piece of signed memorabilia. So all sorts of cool stuff. And with the Discord, you get access to our gambling chat. I have been fairly quiet because I hate betting baseball. I'm not saying I don't do it. I just hate giving out picks in baseball because I just, I, I hate gambling on baseball. I, I I'll do it myself, but I don't give out yeah. picks on it. I will but. gamble on baseball and give out picks on baseball when there's nothing else. But the second there's football, I can bet on fucking forget about it. <laughs> but we had a really good run. I mean, if you were in that discord chat and tailing during the NBA, fi- NBA playoffs, you made yourself a nice chunk of change. And football is coming up. The Degenerates Parlay is coming up. I think I'm going to throw that in Discord as a little bit of extra content for everybody every week. And also, obviously, it will be on the show. But that is not going to be on Twitter. You're going to have to listen to the show, watch the show, or be in the Discord to get the Degenerates Parlay. And if you don't follow when we hit it, sucks to be you. All right. So check out Unwrap, everything they got. I got the merch store scrolling down. Underneath, too, you go teespring.com slash store slash unwrap, grab all the merch. Hell yeah. And what you want to do is you want to get on the Discord and get the advice when it comes to gambling. You want to take that advice over to mybookie.ag. 
G. And make sure you use promo code USN100 when you do it for a 100% deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag, they got it all. They got props. They got parlays. They got prop builders. If you don't like the props that they got selected, you could build your fucking own. It's amazing. They've got, you can bet on literally everything over at mybookie.ag. And when you do it, use promo code USN100, get that 100% deposit bonus. It's like getting double your money right off the bat. It's fucking, it's, it's so good. That is true. Sorry, I uh, ran into some technical difficulties. I forgot how to retweet there for a second. It happens to everybody, <laughs> except for me because I am a Twitter fiend. I am on Twitter way too much. I am as well, and that just like doesn't happen. Like I, yeah, I was putting I was putting in the retweet for Unwrapped, and uh, like totally did like the first step wrong and confused myself. Things happen. Things do indeed happen. All right, so. Two weeks from now, we will have, getting into the news, we will have our college football week one preview show. Uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the season on that, who we think is going to be hot, who's going to be not. Are we doing uh, it two weeks from now or are we doing it next week? I thought it was two weeks until, I thought we had game Week zero next is week. next week. Oh, shit. Never mind. We're doing that next week, yeah, boys. Week I forgot zero about week next zero. Next week, my friend. Fuck. I had a wedding last weekend. I'm all kinds of fucked up as far as dates. But we have yeah. college football literally a week and a half from now. God, that's a beautiful sound. Can you say that again? College football, one week and a half away. That That is just wonderful, kids. I love it. Love to hear it. I cannot wait. And yeah, so next week we'll deep dive into the college football coming back. Who's going to be hot? Who's going to be not? Uh, incoming hot take. I'm not sure Alabama wins the SEC this year. I don't know how hot of a take that is because I'm also on that train. I feel okay. like I feel like it's kind of the popular thing to be picking Georgia. I I like Georgia. I don't know. I got to dig into it a little bit more because I'm just. I'm more convinced that's going to be not Bama than I have like a rock solid pick for who's going to take them. Who's Here's going to take. take the SEC championship? Here's a hot take. I'm just coming up with right now. Alabama doesn't win the SEC West. I think that's a real possibility as well. I, I don't. I I, I hate it when people say Bama's going to have a down year. They're not because they're not. their down year is nine wins. Like they're going to have a good year. Because it's Bama, I just I'm not sure if they're going to be bringing home the championship this year. For the da- I mean, it's it's insane to think though they got to be they got to be one of the favorites. They they reload all the time. It's you can't. Alabama has earned the status. Like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson are powerhouses, and you got to count them in until you don't. Like they yeah. have they've they've proven it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I mean, I I think Alabama is going to have a down year by Alabama standards, not by anybody else's. If that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. So that's, like I said, we're going to get into that. I think we're going to go exclusive college football content next week. Dig it. That's like, I'm, I'm here for it. hundred percent. Also on college football, Scott Frost of Nebraska. I hate to do this to you, buddy, but oh, it fine. has to, it has to be done. Scott Frost is under investigation for cheating by using un, un I don't, this like I'm kind of torn on this because I want to make so fun. Stupid. I, I want to make fun of Scott Frost whenever I can, and Nebraska just because I'm Iowa. Jim's Nebraska. That's no, how no. this works. We gotta make fun of each other. But this seems like some NCAA bullshit for unauthorized 
analysts and something else. I can't remember what tech. It, it was uh, unauthorized use of analysts. Like you can have the analysts, but they were like apparently in a weird coaching capacity and then uh, got in trouble for uns- unsolicited, uh, unsanctioned or whatever practices last year during the, the whole COVID freeze. Yeah. But if you ask me, and you ask probably anyone that knows anything about college football, I bet you eight, I bet you all 132 fucking teams or 123 teams in the FBS were practicing last year during the freeze, and they have analysts doing a bunch of shit that analysts are quote unquote not supposed to do. The only reason, I, my my hot take and my my conspiracy theory brain going on right now is the only reason this is coming out in the media right now is I think, and I've talked with a couple Nebraska fans, they think someone in the program might want Scott Frost gone, and this gives them an out because he has a $20 million buyout. And like the, the whole investigation won't yeah. be done until after the season anyway. So it's basically like, hey, if he has a good season and wins like six or seven games, then fucking forget about it. No one will care. Literally no one will care. But if you win like three games – then it's just like, oh, this gives us an out to like fire Scott Frost with cause. So instead of a twenty million dollar buyout, it's like a five million, or I don't know how low it would go. I think be with cause, it's thing. zero. It, then fucking crazy. <laughs> um, then yeah, it's like if he has a really really bad. So like, say he loses two, like say he loses when we play four out of conference games in the Big Ten. Say he loses yeah. two or three. And then just shits the bed in the conference. This gives the school an out just to get rid of him. That's my theory. I was just going to go with the joke of it that the NCAA has nothing better to do than investigate a coach for cheating to go twelve and twenty. See, that's the whole thing with the NCAA. <laughs> like, what was the what was the theory? Uh, well, I forget which coach it was. It was like back in the day, um, it was a basketball thing. Like Kentucky would be paying its players left and right, so uh, we better sanction Missouri. Yep. <laughs> Well, they, like, they, they won't come after any winning program. That's just what the NCAA does. Well, and I, I, I kind of buy into your conspiracy theory because I think that's what was behind the whole uh, Tennessee McDonald's bag story as well. That was the whole it, that was the whole thing with Tennessee, and that was kind of the thing with Kansas. You think Kansas would have gotten rid of Les Miles if he was fucking winning? Yeah, it's scummy what he did. Yep. But if you're winning as a coach, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah, the same thing with the Tennessee money bags. I think it was just it's just an excuse so that they could fire their coach and not pay him. Also, I'm pretty Depending sure how this the is investigation like the exact, works out. Like the analyst thing is like the exact same thing Herm Edwards is like one of the things that he's getting in trouble for. <laughs> so well, it's, I mean it's, you got it's old dumb. you got legal payments now. I mean they call it name image and like this, but Y'all know the boosters are paying the players is how just Dude, uh, above you the table BYU now. did, by the way. I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about it last week. Go ahead. Did you see what BYU is doing? You're going to have to clarify more than that. Oh, dude, my guy. BYU. So um, I forget. It was like a protein drink or something like that is um, paying the tuition of all the walk-ons at BYU. Yes, I did see that one. I, I didn't know if you were going that way yeah, or yeah. the so – it's. It basically eliminates eliminates scholarship limits. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I that's did some like that. classic '90s Nebraska shit, dude. Yeah, that's Old what Nebraska Ryan, do everybody the on the program. Just, 
That's how Nebraska, like in the 90s or like the 80s and whatnot, how Nebraska had such a huge fucking roster at the time is they would say, oh, well, we filled our athletic scholarships, but you could come to the school and we'll give you this other scholarship. Yeah, that's not it's an it's a quote unquote academic scholarship that you quote unquote qualify for. So you could walk on. And that's how we had such a massive walk. That was one of the reasons we had such a massive walk on program. Yep, 100% makes sense. And also, everybody watching, if you guys got any comments, feel free to chime in. We'll put them up. But, yeah, just looking at this, it's just it's crazy because the whole Tennessee thing was a way to fire their coach. And, obviously, Bama's been playing paying players for years. Ohio State's been playing paying players for years. Clemson's been paying players for years. But they never investigated these people. They only – they went – they go after teams that – aren't winning or yeah. that are like Tennessee that need an out for the coach. It, you it's think, just, it's you been think, such a racket the whole time. Do you think Clemson wasn't holding practices last year? You're fucking stupid. Well, I'm guessing that Scott Frost fucked up somewhere and had like too many coaches there for it to qualify as an unofficial practice. Maybe. But I bet other schools I, did the exact same thing. <laughs> well, I'm I, no, I'm I'm not saying that it wasn't going on. I'm saying they're getting them on a technicality like yeah. that. Like so Trevor that's why... Lawrence was holding practice with five wide receivers and three O linemen, and the strength coach was there, and that was okay. But per the NCAA rules, Scott Frost was there and the strength coach and the receiver coach, so that makes it an official practice, and that's not allowed. It's my. My final take I'm making away. the things up out of, you know, I'm pulling shit out of my ass here as far as like what the qualifications are, but it's going to be something like that. Like it was okay at Clemson because yeah. it was one coach and it wasn't okay at Nebraska because it was two. My final mm-hmm. takeaway is if this isn't like someone from the inside trying to like give the school the potential out if Scott Frost has a really, really bad year, then uh we need to get better at cheating. <laughs> That was like the whole thing I was going for until you turned this into a uh, the no, NCAA is garbage conversation, garbage. which I'm here for. I'm here for. Anytime, we need to get better at cheating. Time. Like, a <laughs> don't get caught for cheating. Like, you think Nebraska in the '90s got caught for cheating? No, no. If you want to go back to the '90s, that's what we need to do. We need to get better at cheating. And if you cheat, you better fucking win. Like, <laughs> oh, come yeah. on, come on. That that's all there is to it. You have to win. <laughs> like you cannot cheat and go 12 and 20 that that was the joke i was going for when i first put this in the comments but i'm all i did the- i did have i did have my strength coach when i was in high school did leave me with the jo- the little bit of wisdom if you're not cheating though you're not trying so they're at least putting in the effort and i like seeing effort yeah you you, you gotta push the rules i mean it, if you aren't pushing the edges if you aren't pushing into the gray area you aren't trying exactly that that that's a hundred percent facts. So, moving on to the NFL because we are all about football right now. I just I can't wait. <laughs> this is a little bit of self fellation here, just because I'm not even sure if I said that right, but I'm just congratulating myself here. Tim Tebow got cut, first round of cuts. All those people who were uh, who made the bets that Tebow like under receptions, under touchdowns. Uh, under starts those guys cash some good money yeah a hundred percent and the reason i bring it up is just because when we talked about it the week they signed him i was on this show saying that he was not going to make the regular season roster 
Do you? So I didn't understand why everybody was so mad. It's like they gave the dude a tryout. He's not going to make it, and he's not going to be on the regular season roster. So calm down. Do you think mm-hmm. Urban Meyer had a tear in his eye when he had to like cut Tebow? Oh, it was out there that he said that he had a real good talk with Tim and he took it very well and he understands and he was just really grateful for the opportunity and blah, blah. And it's like, I I don't even know how much of it to believe. <laughs> they probably did it like while they were cuddling. So that's fine. He took it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, probably took it pretty well. You know, a good old reach around makes bad news easier to take. Hey, yeah. So I've also seen now Tim Tebow can do his true calling being the biggest dude at your local gym. The other very interesting take I heard along those lines is Tim Tebow is the ultimate Joe's versus pros. Do you remember that show? That'd be good. Yeah. He is the ultimate Joe in the Joe's versus pros. He's just, I mean, outside of college where, I mean, perfect system, Meyer used him perfectly, and they were awesome. But outside of that, like, he's better than your average guy at baseball, but he's not quite a pro. He's average than most people at football, but not quite good enough to be a pro. He's probably better than most people at fucking tennis, but not quite good enough to be a pro. He is probably better than most people at like every sport, I would say. Yeah. And don't forget, he did win a playoff game in the NFL, which. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I don't, this is the last thing on Tebow. Why was everybody so pissed off about that block video? Did you see the video about that? Everybody was just like making fun of him and talking about how terrible he was. And so I have a question for you. Because oh, you play okay. football. If you're an offensive lineman and there's a defender in front of you who is trying to tackle the ball carrier, what is your job? You get in their way. To stop them from making a tackle. Yeah. He did that. Like, I understand it wasn't pretty and it didn't look good, but everybody ragging on him for it. It's like, well, it was a successful block. The guy he was supposed to block did not tackle the ball carrier, so therefore it was a successful block. No matter how ugly. (laughs) I always laughed at the clip of him like where he almost got his first NFL reception, and then his teammate comes in and steals it from him. Yes. (laughs) That's an all-time great. Just love that. Well, it's it's just it's strange, like how polarizing Tebow is. And I don't know. If it's like just because of the hardcore Tebow fans out there that like think everything he touches is gold, but it just seems like everything he does, you have people on both sides. Like it's almost as bad as politics. Well, so you, do you just, remember like Tebow mania in the late 2000s, right? Yeah. He was the greatest think, thing since sliced bread. He had yeah, the I think 316 on his eye black. Yeah. Greatest blame, quarterback to ever play. I blame ESPN because they like they really flooded the market with like just Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. You saw it a little bit later with like Johnny Manziel. They were kind of like that too. Yep. Um, but no one has ever reached that Tebow level where they were just slobbing his nut. He was everywhere, everywhere. Like oh, he, he was at two Heisman. Fi- like he was a great quarterback. I'm not. Yeah. Even, he's one of the greatest college quarterbacks to ever live. But Man, he was fucking everywhere. 
Well, and it's just, you think about it, it's like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how many college football players could you right now tell me about their sex life? Uh, like three. That's three more than I can. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and his, it, it was like a month, months long story about his. Well, it's because he was a, he was a pure virgin. Yeah, which, I mean, take that for what you will. I don't really want to dive into that conspiracy, but just say it. Like, the fact that this was even a story just shows how, like like you said, ESPN. Like, how much this guy was pushed into the spotlight and just the face of college football for that stretch that he was the quarterback. It was insane. It was it was crazy. Like, we, I would say Johnny Manziel is the closest they've gotten to since with like the level of coverage that they received. I don't think anyone has touched Tebow, but Manziel, if like, if you're a little bit younger and you weren't like really paying attention during the Tebow era, it's kind of like that multiplied by like five, like multiply the Johnny Manziel era at A&M by five. Cause also Florida was fucking winning national championships too. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. I got to pull this up. I mean, it's money man's, Okay, in fairness, this is a youngin that probably was in diapers when Tebow was playing. I mean, it's it's an argument you could make. The yeah. Tebow was probably I mean, they were both surrounded by a lot of fucking talent. But Manzel was sure fucking fun to watch. <laughs> yes. He was even fun to watch in FCF. I mean, yeah, he's just he wasn't a, he's necessarily good, good, but he was fun to watch. I think so. So if you're arguing like college quarterbacks, I think the very interesting one is Cam Newton because he only played for one year and he was yeah. so good that you like, you kind of have to put him up there. Yeah, that, that, that's, but he only played for one year. Yeah. And but you get, fucking, you get into college. Who's the weird. best college quarterback. I mean, outside of, I, you know, we, everybody knows Tebow and Manziel. Like, Everybody knows their names and they make every list. People forget Vince Young. Yeah, but how yeah, like how good he was because of people how good forget, he was. People in the also NFL. forget like people who were fantastic in college that fizzle out in the NFL. Uh-huh. That was the other point I was gonna make. I mean, you could argue that Johnny and Tebow are two guys that fizzled out in the NFL, but they were so big everybody remembers them. Mm-hmm. Like, how many guys are there that were that level? And full disclosure, I'm not sure who he's referencing. Brandon Peters. The name sounds familiar. Let me look him up real quick. Like, yeah, it's it's that thing. It's like kind of tickles to the back of my head. I I can't tell you anything about him, but it's the quarterback for Illinois. Oh, <laughs> never mind. That's just Ethan being dumb. I recognize his name because yep. <laughs> it's Illinois. I, I knew, and I'm, I'm I, an knew Iowa I knew his guy. name from somewhere. I just had to like refresh it real quick. Okay, yeah. But I can like I can go the on a Illinois tangent. Current QB. I can go on a tangent arguing like sp- different like college quarterbacks of all time for fucking ever. There's so yeah. many different ways you could do it. And who was that one guy from Kentucky that was like 6'8", 340 and played QB? Oh, fucking Jared Lorenzo, dude. Lorenzo, there we go. Thank the hefty lefty. <laughs> the hefty lefty. I mean, like, people forget about him. Just crazy. Uh, Malcolm Perry at Navy. Great, great. He was a great uh, option quarterback for sure. Yeah, and but I mean, if, play if I'm going to argue... If I'm going to argue best option quarterback of all time, it's easily Tommy Frazier. I'm just going to say that. I, 
I'm not going to argue that with you just because I feel we could be here for the next hour. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Rest in peace to the hefty lefty. Yes, sir. But yeah, there's just, there's a million stories like those. And it's just, it's always interesting when you go down that wormhole of best college quarterbacks. Cause I you mean, I with think, like almost any position too. Cause it, it, it's like the eras are completely different. Like yeah. quarterbacks are breaking records left and right nowadays. Yeah. Well, and I just, I think there's a lot of NFL bias that seeps into that as much as you want it to be a college list. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, NFL bias because the guys that made it big, like, you said you forget how good Vince Young was in college. Mm-hmm. Well, like Tom Brady wasn't that fa- like he was decent at Michigan, but now his era at Michigan is like a little bit shaded with his Patriots, his NFL career. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Cause yeah, great at Michigan, but he wasn't like that great, you know? Yeah. That's it, why it he just, went in the seventh. What he went in the seventh round or sixth, sixth or seventh. It was super late. late. That's why. Yeah, the the list of like the twenty QBs that got drafted ahead of Brady always makes you chuckle. Well, and you say the same thing. I mean, I think it happens to a lot of guys like uh, Tariq Cohen, running yeah. back for the Bears. Where did he go to school? I don't remember. Yeah, and he went to. Uh, it wasn't Texas A&M, but it was uh, Egg and Mechanic School or whatever A&M stands for in Texas, a small one, and he broke every single divisional rushing record there was. And people just, like, nobody talks about that anymore. They just talk about what he's done for the Bears and recently his ACL tear, which I think he's going to come back. People pay way more like attention like, to when, like, when you go to those smaller schools, like, that's it's just your pro career is even more amplified. It was the same with Danny Woodhead. Yep. Yeah, like he shattered every like D2 record in his conference, but he played D2. So no one's really gonna yep. like go back and look at his college career. I think Cohen might have even been a D three. I don't remember if NC A and T or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what level that is. <laughs> it's small though. Yeah, Tariq Cohen College, North Carolina, North Carolina Agricultural and Technical, Technical State, State University. It's a small FCS school. Yeah, and I mean, he just... So it is D1. Yeah, but yeah, he just ran roughshod over them. And you don't really hear people talk about that because it's small school and it is yeah. what it is, so... But the other thing, now that we've been gone off on this little tangent, training camp talk. I'm not going to get into everything because that would take too long and yada, yada, yada. Uh, But we are going to talk about our teams. I feel like I'm going to take a little bit longer, so I'll let you open up with what your Dolphins are doing in training camp. I really don't have too much. It's just kind of like a more just everyone seems to be doing improving. Uh, We're getting some guys on defense that have been injured or doing contract talks. We're getting them back. And I will just say Jalen Waddle has been going lights fucking out. So I cannot be more hyped for this Dolphins receiving core. I'm just, I'm so excited to see them actually play in a game. That, yeah, they have a solid receiving core. It's going to be interesting what they do. Uh, remember Matt Moore at Oregon State. They're, that's the last thing I'm throwing up there for random college players. But <laughs> I I got talking and missed a bunch of comments, so I wanted to throw that one up there. 
But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It's going to be interesting to see how Tua progresses. Uh, there's a lot of Tua haters out there that just don't think he's going to be it for Miami. Man, so he played last year with the, after coming off of a fucking crazy hip surgery, had no offseason, had no training camp, had no preseason. Like, come on. Well, and I don't really think – I think we might have talked about this towards the end of the season last year. I don't think they really did him any favors with the way they were bouncing back between him and Fitz. They did and they didn't. Uh, it, it, that was – I will say this. Out of, like, the preseason and training camp, it's refreshing to see him taking more shots, like being a little bit riskier with the ball. He was so – my one criticism of him is he was so risk-averse last year. He was just taking what he could get 100%, and that was it. I like that he's kind of taking more chances. I hope that he picked a little bit of that up from uh, from Fitz. Well, and I'm also – how much of that was coaching, too, with a first-year quarterback coming off an injury? Don't try to do too much. Just take what they give you. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll cut him loose a little bit more this year. Maybe. You would hope, anyway. I hope so. I hope they just let him go loose. He's got good receivers. The only thing I'm worried about on this Dolphins team, I think out of the entire thing, is this offensive line. And maybe the running backs, but I'm a big I'm a big Miles Gaskin fan. That segues nicely into the Bears because that is everything we are worried about is the offensive line. Uh, our second round pick, Tavon Jenkins, who I was really high on and still am, just for all you haters out there. I'm not saying I'm not, but uh, he had back surgery today. I saw that. They're hoping he'll be back at some point this season, but we're likely looking at 2022. And I think, I mean, we're worried about the offensive line, but I think people are really like almost overreacting to the problem. We got some questions at tackle, but I fit. He is supposed to be back. I probably said his name wrong. Cause I can't ever say it right. And he's been solid coming off injuries. So we'll have to see. Our interior is set. I mean, you got James Daniels out of Iowa, O-line U. I don't care what you say about all these other schools. Kirk Ferentz just churns out solid, unremarkable, dependable offensive linemen into the NFL, just left and right. They, they don't get a lot of glory. They aren't really flashy. They just go out there and do their jobs. And yeah, James Daniels like, is another one of them. In that regard. It's just – they just turn. They're like a like people don't. I mean, maybe people do, but when you think like the Big Ten West is kind of underrated when it comes to just the offensive linemen. They just keep churning out those big corn fed boys. Yeah, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I can't remember how it ended up in the Super Bowl, but for uh, t- uh, universities, college programs with graduates on the rosters for the NFL championship round. So the AFC and the NFC championship games, Iowa was number two for what college programs had the most people on the rosters. Like they just, they just churn out dependable guys left or right. I mean, George Kittle is probably the flashiest guy to come out of Iowa since Tim Dwight. I mean, but in between Tim Dwight and George Kittle, they just put a ton of guys into the NFL that just quietly did their jobs. So, and James Daniels is another one of them to circle it back before we get too far off track here. And 
so the interior solid uh tackle a couple question marks at um larry oh i think larry i can't remember his first name now uh borum the tackle they picked up in the later round was looking really good before he went into concussion protocol i would not be surprised to see him get some playing time I'm not near as worried about the offensive line as a lot of people are. The uh, the really big story, I got two other points. The main one is obviously Justin Fields. He looked great on Saturday. Oh, he yeah. uh, had one fumble, recovered from it nicely. Just it was one of those things that happens in preseason. I won't read too much into it, but look, he he was extending plays. He was using his legs to work receivers open. He looked like he knew what he was doing and he was getting first team reps this week because of it. So I, I'm kind of mixed feelings on this one. Cause number one, I mean, first and foremost, I'm really excited that fields is looking good. Cause that's our franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Like, oh yeah. They, that that's what he is. So I'm really excited to see him looking good. The only, the main issue, the main thing I'm not like, over the top excited about it is I don't really want him to play this year. I was going to say, you've been a big Andy Dalton guy from the beginning and not so much a big Andy Dalton guy as much as (laughs) because we're paying the guy 10 million fucking dollars. Okay. Like still, still not excited about that. I mean, pace did make up for it a little bit with the fields draft pick, but still you're paying Andy Dalton $10 million. Like, seriously, if Justin Fields starts week one, the Bears will have roughly $20 million of salary cap in their backup QBs. Yeah, they, they kind of fucked up on both those guys, if I'm being honest. Yeah, we need to trade Foles. That's a whole other conversation. We need, to, <laughs> we need to unload him somewhere. I don't care if you get a player to be named later for him, as long as the team you trade him to is taking on the contract. Just get him out of that quarterback room. But back to the whole field thing, I kind of look at it like the the Bears have the third hardest schedule in the NFL this year. And we're coming off a really rough year with the offensive line, a lot of quarterback questions. The opening 10 games are brutal. Like, I mean, five and five after 10 is legitimately best case scenario at this point, I think. So the question is, are we going to win the division and make the playoffs? Probably not. And if <laughs> we're not, not, and if we're not, then everything we need to do, because I feel like this is a very, very realistic goal that everything we do this season needs to be geared towards winning the division in 2022. I think that's realistic. I think that's a good, I feel like bears fans, what you should hope for is like, if Andy Dalton does start, there'll be a big section of the fan. It's basically like if he does start, he'll be on the, one of the shortest leashes on the fucking planet. Yeah. Um, Which I don't like. I think you, I think you go out there and let him play the first 10 games at minimum. Yeah. That's just probably not gonna happen because, like, they have the 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 emergency button of like, oh, if I'm if having a bad season, I want to save my job. Matt Matt Nagy, yeah, push the that's... red button, put Fields out there. If he and then if they're even competitive in games, people will be super hyped for next year. Yeah. They'll you just run the risk of him getting injured then. Yeah, and 
from my perspective, it's two different conversations. Like what should happen? Field should sit, if not the entire year, at least the first 10 games. Yeah, maybe like once it's like guaranteed that you're knocked out of the playoffs, maybe then yeah. put him in. Yeah, something like that it is what I think feel would be the smarter thing to do. What's going to happen because Matt Nagy is on the hot seat and rightfully so. The guy, I don't like stealing things without crediting them. So shout out to the Bears on Tap crew. Uh, the bald fraud <laughs> should be <laughs> worried about his job right now. So that adds into it. And Fields has been performing above expectations. I still think that he would really, that it's not going to hurt, especially since even with Fields, I don't think we win the division this year. Yeah. To follow the Patrick Mahomes model, let him sit for a year, get him some reps, get him some game time experience, but don't start him. Don't put the load on his shoulders. And then go for it next year. That's I think, yeah, you would hope to like as a Bears, if you're a Bears fan, next year is your year. Mm-hmm. Like we're in a weird spot as like Dolphins right now because we're thinking this year could be a year. I think we're just hoping for like a breakout year. This is the evaluation of two a year. Yep. He has a good year. If he's great and he's the franchise quarterback, fucking amazing. If not, we still have enough pieces that we can kind of like get a decent selection in the draft next year. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to say about the Bears is we are stacked at running back. It like and that's the other reason I don't I would not be opposed to seeing Andy Dalton start the majority of the year, if not all the year. Like our current top three is David Montgomery. Solid. Great. 480 yards before contact last year, 590 after. Amazing. Like 4.3 yards per carry, 2.9 of them coming after contact. The guy can make stuff happen. And he also, yeah, tacked on uh, 400 receiving yards and two receiving TDs to go with his rushing. He is a solid number one quarterback, number one running back. I mean, the two guys ahead of him on the yards after contact list are Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. Like those <laughs> are the only two guys ahead of him. Just great company to be in. Solid that he's going to be our starter. He's going to have most of the carries. Behind him, we got Damian Williams right now. Uh, picked him up from the Chiefs. Uh, limited role last year, but looked good. Can catch. Uh, put up like a solid three and a half yard per carry average. He's just a He's solid decent. guy. Yeah. He's been looking good, looking good in the preseason, looking good in camp. He is a good running back. Not spectacular, but good. He's got like flashes of good. Yeah. Yeah. So not great, but you aren't going to give him the ball and lose yards. You might not have him breaking out for those miracle 20 yards runs where he just like disappears into a pile of people and comes out the other side and gets another 10 yards, but he's going to get you a solid three yards of carry. That's a good NFL quarter uh, running back in my book. As long as you kick out a three yard per carry average or better, you're a good running back. Maybe not great, but you're good. Mm -hmm. And then behind him, we have Khalil Herbert. 
out of Virginia last year, averaged seven yards a carry. This guy, he just, he's not so much, and he's a good change of pace from Montgomery because he doesn't break tackles. He just, like, makes guys tackle air. Oh, he's shifty. And, like, I would say more slippery than shifty. Ooh, a slippery running back. I love me a good slippery running back. And at Virginia, at Virginia, it was just it was talked about a lot. You'll hand the ball off to him, and there'll be a six-inch gap between the guard and the tackle, and the cornerback will tackle it. Like there's just like things that you don't think should he should be able to do, and he just manages to find a way through. So I'm pretty high on this guy. He's got very explosive speed when he gets out into the flat. You get him out into the open, he can turn the jets on make guys miss, outrun guys. Just, I'm pretty high on him. I think he's a solid number three. And then the fourth thing is we got, has mentioned earlier, we got Tariq Cohen coming back. Yeah. The window for that is like somewhere between week one and five right now because it's an ACL. Everybody's a little bit different. There's a wide range of recovery time on that. But reports coming out of camp are that this guy is focused. He's not getting any reps, and he's still technically on the injured list, but he's pulling around sleds. He's running hills. He wants to go. And as soon as they have that doctor clearance, they're going to put him in there. And, I mean, he averaged, I think, like six and a half yards per carry in 2019. And every single time they gave him the ball, every single time he came in, because I think uh, – Career carries for Tariq Cohen is roughly the same as Montgomery had last year. So he's definitely a situational back, but he adds he adds a dimension to the offense. I mean, he's averaging six yards a carry when every time he comes into the game, they know that they're either passing to him or running him off the tackle. And he's still picking up six, seven yards play. So... Yeah, good. You I'm, re- I'm really excited about the running back room. Yeah, good fucking stable, dude. Now, obviously, I might be slightly optimistic on Herbert in complete honesty, but I watched film on him from Virginia. And the guy, I don't like to say hard for tackle, hard to tackle, because he's not like Monty or uh, Derrick Henry, where he just runs guys over and doesn't get tackled. But he just like disappears into a pile of guys and comes out the other side. And then when you watch the replay, like nobody even got a hand on him. It's just like, wait, how, what, what just happened? How did he do that? You know what? You are a fan of this team. You are allowed to be optimistic. This is the time of year where everyone's undefeated. Anything can happen. Who knows? The Bears could win the fucking Super Bowl. That's what you should, that is, that is what you should be thinking. I, I try to tone it back a little bit when I'm no. giving out takes. <laughs> no. Dolphins, Super Bowl, Nebraska National Championship. Right. That's that's where I'm at right now in my headspace. It'll probably be Iowa versus Nebraska in the natty if we're at probably because one of us will get side. knocked out of the, uh, the 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 conference. So then like just like what they did with Alabama and what was it, twenty eighteen or something like that? Twenty eighteen, twenty yep. seventeen. Yep. We'll both just get in the playoffs on opposite sides and then we'll meet in the national championship game. Yeah, It'll I, be Iowa will have the one seed, Nebraska will have the four, and then we'll and play, they'll play in, the in the field of dreams field in the cornfield. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're talking. 
Fuck the natty. Let's just have a corn championship at Field of Dreams. Uh, so uh, honestly, honestly, <laughs> screw. What do we? What, what's the trophy between Nebraska and Iowa? The Heroes Trophy or something stupid like that? Scrap that. I, just go play in a cornfield. Set up some stands. Keep the Heroes Trophy because, like, what they do with that is really fucking cool. Okay, what they do with it is cool, <laughs> but play it in a cornfield. Yes, play it in a cornfield, man. That I would love it. That'd be awesome. Nebraska versus Iowa in a court. Just set up like year. some like movable stands and just like, oh God, I would love it. I mean, they always play super late in the year, so it's not that feasible, but it's doable. You could do it. Yeah, just move it up to like a week two game. I think if they, I think if they ever do move it from Black Friday, that's how they have to sell it. Mm-hmm. The cornfield game. I yeah. love it. All right, so we're going to get in some gambling talk, which I don't know if that's why y'all watch this show. If it is, I'm sorry that it takes us this long to get into it every week, but we got to build into it. That is what we're here for. So real quick before we do that, if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you immensely. And this is where you hear about Anchor. And also want to shout out RX Hemp real quick. It is a pain relief CBD cream. Works great for uh, aching back, sore muscles, sore, sore joints, all that good stuff. I'm talking too fast. You know how I know? Because I'm one beer in and my words are stumbling, which means I need to slow down. <laughs> but it's really great stuff. Does awesome. And if you use code RXHemp-USN, you will get 10% off your order. And that is a reusable code. So every time you go to re-up on the stuff, which I need to do here this week, you can punch in that code and get your 10% off. So that being said, gambling. So real quick here, CFL. I don't have a whole lot on this other than I'm betting the Rough Riders. They have been good to me two weeks so far. I'm going to keep riding that train. It is it is a tough game for the Rough Riders. Um, but uh, I definitely favor them here over the, the Red Blacks. They are actually uh, minus 11 and a half favorites. So never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to win. The, the, they, they were one and a half point favorites last week and they won 30 to eight. Yeah, they're a fucking they're the best team in the CFL in my opinion. Oh, yeah. We're, 2 weeks of analysis, they're the best team. Yeah, Grey Cup, here we come. I hope you Oh, you got that futures bet. I got a fucking it. futures ticket on it. So, I was, I yeah, Grey Cup, say. here we come. So. Yeah, looking at this, the Red Blacks, they did win, but they only put up 127 yards of offense while giving up 450. Yeah, it was rough. I, I will say, I don't know if I like the Edmonton Elks to win against the British Columbia Lions, but I do like them to cover a five-point spread tomorrow. Because yeah. BC has been having some stuff going on. It, they got, they're in a little bit of turmoil. I still like them to win, but they've had a lot of shit going on. So I don't I expect this to be a very close game. Gotcha. I, I can't say you're wrong there. It will be a close game. Are you going to bet the odds or the money line? Um, well, I bet the, so I bet, so CFL Jim, the guy I talk with all the time, uh, about CFL, he has British, he just picks straight winners. So he just does money okay. line, but I will take the Elks plus five. And I will also take the under 46 and a half all gotcha. day. 
I'm going to take the Rough Riders to cover 11 and a half. I will also take the Rough Riders to cover 11 and a half. And I think I would take the over-under in that game is also 46 and a half. I, uh, I want to say... I'd go over. I mean, they I gave want up to say 450 over. yards last, last game. Ottawa yeah, did. So. I, I want to say over, and I think... It all depends on how Ottawa's def- uh, offense can actually produce. I think if they score like 10, even 10 or like if they score 10 or 14, this game's going over. Yep. No, it's not going to take much. But so there's the CFL and then into the hot topic of the week. And like I said, we're going to get into college a little bit more deeper, like who we think is going to win divisions and everything next week. This week we just—I have six. Jim has XFL. Jim, or sorry, is this college Jim? No, this is XFL. Jim's college picks. Okay, XFL. Jim's college picks. So we both have six. And go every other here. Yeah. Uh, let me see if my ticket, like it, it. Okay. Yeah. Go every other. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to figure this out because it, it erased all my picks. So I'll go back and pick them, but we'll go every other. I can do I can I can do this on the fly. Okay. My first one, and this alludes to what I was saying earlier. I really like betting the under on Alabama. It's at 11 and a half games. I really expect them to be a nine or ten win team this year, which is still going to be a great year, all things considered, but it's going to be a down year for Bama. I like that one a lot. I like Air Force over six and a half wins. I think they're alive to win the Mountain West. And Troy Calhoun is, in my opinion, a super overlooked coach. And Air Force is, this year, they are my pick to win. I forget what the Military Cup or whatever it's called. I think they're the best academy team of the year. Gotcha. I have Rutgers over three and a half. I like that one. I think Rutgers is going to surprise people this year. I don't think they're going to be like, outstanding like six wins might be a stretch for them but i think they're definitely gonna have a bounce back year and pick up either four or five wins so we went into this a little bit more in depth when we were talking schedules the other week but i wouldn't be surprised if they caught somebody like if they get a major upset yeah no would not surprise me at all i think rutgers is on is on the rise as a football program i mean i'm not gonna put them up into like a 10 win powerhouse yet but I really think they're going to be pushing towards a bowl game this year. And then moving forward, they're probably going to be in that massive group of Big Ten teams that are between six and six and nine wins every year and make a bowl. Oh, yeah. More years than they don't. So definitely. My, like next, one is, uh, my next one is Bowling Green under one and a half wins. I think Bowling Green is the worst team in college football. Many people would say, like, oh, Akron is, like, you. what do you think? Do you think Akron's a good team? Because they're fucking terrible. And guess who beat Bowling Green by, like, 30 points last year? Akron. Yeah, they got rid of um, uh, Brian Van Gorder, the worst defensive coordinator in college football. But this is a really bad team. And they're. I think, at most, they win one game. I am confident in that. Gotcha. My next one is my homer pick, Iowa over eight and a half. If you want me to get, like, go back two weeks and listen to the episode if you want to hear, like, the full schedule reasoning. The breakdown is Iowa has eight wins on their schedule and four toss-ups. And I expect them to get at least one, if not two, of the toss-ups, which will put them at either nine or ten wins. 
it is nice that they get like the Penn State game is in Kinnick, right? Yes. That's super nice that they get some of their toughest games at home because Iowa always plays way better at home. Yeah. And that's like, I would be, I'm like really confident in nine. I would be very confident in 10 if we had Wisconsin at home, but we have to go with Camp Randall this year. So that's, that's and it's the same thing as you said, Iowa playing at Kinnick is always a hundred percent tougher. It's the same thing going into Wisconsin. That is always a very tough game. It's a very tough one. My next one are the Cal Bears over. What do I have them at here? Uh, where are you at, Berkeley? I think I got them over six and a half. Yeah, over six and a half for the Cal Bears. Give it to me. I think they're alive for the North. This is one of the best defenses in the country year in and year out. Basically, if Chase Garber stays healthy, it's it's a similar situation to like uh, like a Pitt or an Indiana. If their quarterback stays healthy, this team is dangerous dangerous i'm pretty sure they beat washington the last two years in a row and they're always super competitive with oregon this defense keeps them in games and they are going to surprise people well next one i have on my board which i know you're high on as well is pit over seven Mm -hmm. i just i've always liked pittsburgh as a team i think they get underrated a lot i just think they got a good solid program. They have a good schedule to get rack up some wins this year. I like Pitt over seven. The issue I have with Pitt, like most years, is they're super, super inconsistent. Like they could go and beat North Carolina and beat Clemson and lose to like Syracuse and Duke. They're fucking super weird. I think this year they have so much coming back and they have a super, super senior at quarterback. I think that just gives them enough that they can fucking make it happen this year my next pick georgia state over five people are underrating this team i think they're the they're probably the second best team in the fucking state of georgia in my opinion i think they're alive for that part of the mountain of the uh the sun belt i don't think they win it because i think coastal's really fucking good but i think they at the very least this team goes bowling at minimum this team goes bowling five is just too low I like it. My next one is Texas under eight. Love it. Fuck Texas forever. Love that. There's a little bit of that in there. And I'm also throwing a little bit of conspiracy hat in here. I think the big 12 is done after this year. And I think everybody involved in the big 12 understands that and knows that it's Texas's fault. So I think they're going to get fucked. They're not getting any favors. I don't think Texas or OU is getting any favor. If you're the big 12, you really, really want Iowa State to do they'll have like a really fucking good year. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that there's going to be I don't think anything egregious, but I think a lot of these close games that you would maybe lean Texas on, you have to lean against Texas on now because the referees are not going like you said, are not yeah. going to be doing them any favors. I don't I mean, think it's gonna be... be anything crazy, but I might Everything be biased. close is going against Texas. Yeah, I might be biased, but like they fucking did that shit to Nebraska when we left. When we left the conference, not like all of a sudden the bounces stop going your way, the calls stop going your way, they start fucking you over. They're gonna do it to Texas, and they're gonna do it to Oklahoma. But Oklahoma's yeah. schedule is like one of the easiest schedules in the fucking country. So yeah. 
So I, that's why I stayed away from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, they're like I was thinking, I was hoping to bet them under eleven, but holy fuck, their schedule's so easy, dude. It's it's insane. I I could argue that all day. I'll probably touch on it a little bit later. But my next team is also in the Big Ten West. It's not a homer pick. I would say Nebraska over six and a half, but that's that's basically the right number. I I want to say over because I I have them around seven, but they could easily they're hovering around six. That's where I would put them. Minnesota over seven. 2020 was a setback, but this fucking it's basically the same team that went 11 and two in 2019. They returned so many fucking players. Their quarterback has the most experience in the entire division, and that running back Muhammad Ibrahim is a fucking stud. And this wide receiver core is probably, I'd say, maybe outside of Purdue. They're they're probably the second best wide receiver core in the division. They're fucking good. This is a good I, and like PJ Fleck, people he, he rubs some people the wrong way. He's got that weird used car salesman sort of vibe. It fucking works. He's a good coach, and I think Minnesota is alive. I think they're probably my pick to win the division, just because I feel like it's a three horse race and you get the best money for it. But Definitely, they're going to win like nine games, at least. I'm not going to go so far as to say you're wrong, but I am not as confident in Minnesota as you are. I think seven, you said it's at seven, right? It's at seven right there. I think they're more likely to win nine or ten than they are to win like six or five. Yeah, you kind of talked me around. I think. I think eight or nine is more realistic to them, which it's a little bit of a homer take for me because they have to go into Kinnick this year. That is rough. I do. I actually so, do have them losing. Like when I we just I just did the Big Ten uh, win totals like on all the Big Ten teams. Uh, what was it Monday night? And I think I did have Minnesota losing to Iowa. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, there's a couple games. I, I would not go so far as to put them at nine or 10. I think their ceiling is nine. I mean, I don't hate this bet. I'm just not as confident in it as you are. Fair. That's fair. I just think, I think also, aside from Ohio State, they actually have a pretty easy schedule, too. And my last one is Notre Dame over eight and a half. I'm not a huge Notre Dame guy, but they have just been so consistent they like every year they are either overrated or underrated going into the season and every year they kick out 10 or 11 win seasons the regardless thing- of whether they're overrated or underrated they just go in and kick out a 10 win season the dangerous thing about notre dame this year is i think six of their opponents have bye weeks before they play notre dame i don't think it matters that, I think that's I think that's pretty fucking yeah I think that's pretty intense. They have a pretty yeah. tough schedule, and they're yeah. also I think like they're breaking in a new quarterback, right? New quarterback yeah, and a bunch I, of new other guys. That, I could. I, they I are think consistent. They don't reload at the level that like we were talking earlier that Alabama and Ohio State do, but they just quietly reload and kick out ten win seasons. I think this is the, like the the prove it year for Brian Kelly of like can you reload like these other teams do and stay in the playoff hunt because I think I think the big game for them early on is that Wisconsin game at Soldier Field yep. that basically will decide oh, yeah. their season. Yep, and I yeah I don't know I'm I'm not really down on Wisconsin this year, 
and I'm not like really high on Notre Dame. I think that's a game that can go either way. I'm just basically betting on Notre Dame's ability to win 10 games a season because they, regardless of what 10 games they it is, like even if they lose one that they should win, they win one that they shouldn't and balance it out. It just seems like every year they're right at that 9-10 win. That is so. true. If they lose to like a Navy or something this year, then they'll bounce back and beat USC or something stupid like that. Yep. Mm. I don't want to do the same conference over and over again. Um, Son of a bitch. That, you know that, what? that was definitely the reason I didn't have more Big Ten teams in. It's like I wanted to hit at least one pick from each of the Power Five, which I did leave the Pac-12 out because I didn't see – like all the numbers for the Pac-12 were too close to comfort for them. You know what? In that case, I'll do another Pac-12 because I already did Cal. Give me Utah over nine. This team is fucking dangerous. They got a chart that this team has a great defense. They have a fucking stellar offense, and they're getting a transfer quarterback in Charlie Brewers from Baylor, who's a fucking stud. This team is dangerous. They're super alive. They're my pick to win the Pac-12, and I can see – I honestly – Best case scenario, I see Utah going 11 and 1, 12 and 0. I could see that in them this year. I realistically have them as like a 10 win team. Like nine is their floor. And then when you get their floor right there, I'm going to go over every time. And what's the over under set at? Nine. I think, I think I looked at that and then looked at their schedule quick and it was like too close to a push for me. It's it's so it's like, it's like I agree that nine wins is very realistic for them. I'm higher on the Cal over than I am Utah. If I had to pick another team, I'd probably say Nevada over because Nevada is my favorite team to win the Mountain West. But I don't remember what theirs is right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely I hundred percent agree with you that Utah is going to win nine games. I I just I felt it was a little too close to a push was the reason I left them off when I was looking at back 12 teams. I'm not, saying nice. I, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent right by any means. I'm just different point of view. I think the only, it's so nice that they get that Oregon game at home. That's the only one I would be worried about. Then they play at USC. That sucks, but it's after a bye week So they, their schedule like just lays out super nice. No back-to-back away games is super good too. I think you kind of talked me into that. I might have I, I might have to take another look at that and revisit that. I was thinking like I agree with you that nine is their floor. Like they're gonna win at least nine. I was just, also I'm on Notre Dame's under, so I'm oh, gonna argue against that one for you. Okay. Well and that's fair. Like yeah, we are we aren't trying to like put together the perfect show where we never disagree here by any means. And I'm mainly just bank with Notre Dame, especially I'm just mainly banking on their ability to consistently win 10 games a year. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Which, but you talk about their schedule and everything. I suppose this could be the year that they're off and only win eight. It's I just not think it's, outside it's the realm so, of possibility, but I like them to win 10. It's so hard when like, like half the teams you play have bye weeks before playing you. Yep. That that's, that's a fair point. And Notre Dame for like a lot of the teams they play, it's like the main team. Like Notre Dame is the team that these teams are trying to beat. Yep. Yeah, that's a hundred percent fair. And 
you've almost sold me on Utah. I'm definitely going to look at that again now. But, yeah, I don't know. Nine just seemed like too close. Like, like I said before, if it was set at eight and a half, I would feel a lot better about it. Same. So, yeah. <laughs> but still, not a bad pick. But that is what we have for you guys this week. Jim, tell the people where to find you. Find me on Twitter at XFL Jim, Instagram at XFL Jim. I'm everywhere, folks. YouTube XFL Jim. Come on. I'm training for the XFL as we speak. There's no XFL news except for what I'm pumping out in my training. Make it happen. Go subscribe over on the YouTube. Got the gymnasium happening. I'm moving to twice a week on that shit. It's it's everything's bumping. College football is coming, and I can't fucking wait. And you can find me at Garrett from Iowa on Twitter and the TikTok. I am consistently pushing out the Cubs practice reviews because the rest of this year is just practice for winning the 2022 division. So if you're a Cubs fan, you got to check it out. <laughs> that, that, that's all I'm that, that's all I'm on for Cubs. It's just everything that happens, it doesn't matter. We're good. We, we are just practicing so and figuring it out so we can win the division next year. That's where we're at. Also doing a lot of bear stuff and college football stuff will be coming hot and heavy, especially with next weekend, not the coming weekend, but the weekend after being week zero. So check all that stuff out. And as always, follow Unwrapped Sports at Unwrapped Sports on Twitter. And thank you all for checking in. We love you. Love you.